0: Hey what's up and welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Levins. I'm Siobhan. And every week we read a insanely increasing list of comic book issues and let you know which of the issues that you should be reading as well.
1: Um, and all of these comics, as always, you can buy at 310 Pitt Street, that's King's Comics, or com.
0: This week, uh, pretty much all of our favourite comic books released an issue, yeah. and there was a very strong week. Um, uh, but on the flip of that, we had the very, very um, unfortunate news of uh, comic book creator Darwin Cook's passing, um, <sighs> who, uh, who passed away over the weekend. So, um, in this episode, we're going to be celebrating not only all the great new comics that came out this week, we're also going to be celebrating his career um, – mm-hmm. Because I think you could argue that we probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast if it wasn't for him. Yeah, and we'll get to that later. But uh, Darwin Cook, um, you know, our thoughts are with his family and everyone that, that that knew him, or even if you were just like us and just a big fans of his work. It's a it's a it's a real a real loss to the comic book community. It really is. But um, you know, any opportunity to bring attention, especially to new readers, to his incredible back catalogue of amazing stories and yep, art, absolutely is uh, is worth doing. So look forward to that later in the episode. We'll also be answering some uh, listener questions. Yep. Um, but before we do that, it's time to uh, head into First Things First, where we review all of the number one issues that came out this week. Uh, there are only three.
1: Thank goodness. And I only
0: read one of them, so
1: <laughs> <That was laughs> well a done week. me.
0: Uh, you want to kick off, Siobhan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I picked up one that um, would not normally be something I would consider reading at all because it's like a book that ties into a TV property, um, which is just not my sort of thing. But... I read The Adventures of Supergirl, one. You're one of those one. people
0: that ends lots of arguments by saying, I don't even have a TV.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Um, I do have a TV. I just can't work it. Um, but it was... I, I haven't been watching the series. I've heard awesome things about it, yeah. mostly from Jim, um, the manager at King's. Um, and his opinion I take fairly seriously, so I believed him. Um, and I picked up the first issue of this, and it was such unbelievable good fun. If this is an example of what the TV show is like, I think I'm definitely going to have to start watching because they just get the character of Supergirl, like spot on, I think.
0: So I think that the biggest, I mean, I've watched a little bit of The Flash and a little bit of Arrow, but... um, I I
1: really like the first season of The Flash, but Arrow can Yeah, I I, I get
0: it. Um, And and then there's the Legends of Tomorrow as well and Mm. Supergirl. But I feel like of, of those four, Supergirl and The Flash in particular, really celebrate what we love about DC and it's, you know, Mm. very fun at the the heart of it. So was the comic as fun? Yeah, uh...
1: it was really, really good fun. It's just Supergirl finding a big bad. You get a little bit of her origin story, but they don't sort of dwell too much. Um, The character's just really fun and bubbly. Her relationship with her sort of adoptive sister seems really lovely. Um, I think Sterling Gates is, uh, is a real talent. And the art is lovely. So if you like the TV series, I definitely recommend checking it out. If you are just interested in the character of Supergirl, I also really recommend checking it out. Because it was really good fun. And I'll definitely be reading this.
0: Yeah, cool. Because I read the, um, the Arrow and the Flash comics, like the first issues that tied into the television show. And they were very boring. Yeah. So it's cool. Normally that this one they is are. Yeah.
1: Normally they are. Like that's... That's why I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this one, Jim. (laughs) But uh, it turned out to be pretty great.
0: Great. So that is Supergirl. The Adventures of Supergirl number one. one. Um, That's a keeper. Hmm. Uh, We'll talk about Satellite Falling, which is a brand new uh, creator-owned comic coming out through IDW, um, created by Steve Horton and with art by Stephen Thompson. Um, This is a... um, uh, wacky space adventure um, where yeah. I would say there is too much going on in this <laughs> issue. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, a, a, about someone who, who loses her partner and um, in, to get over her, she decides to just do the complete opposite of her, her life while she was with the partner. And so she becomes like a, almost an assassin for a, a space police force where she uses holographic technology to take on, uh, the looks of different aliens and she's like that want the only human on this planet right. and uh, yeah it's 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 strange but I feel like this is a pretty strong start to what could be, become quite a fun and, and different series um, but the uh, it really really you know paints its face and mm. with with the with different tattoo across its head uh, mm. from from the word go so you know it, it, it might be a little bit on the nose at times but I, I feel like I could grow to really like this comic
1: yeah I didn't read it, like, from, from a distance, the art looks quite interesting. The art sort is, of is oh, it's quite definitely like the, be- the best thing way. about this. Yeah,
0: yeah. And especially, like, he has the opportunity to draw lots of wacky aliens, lots of sometimes naked aliens. Hell yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, does a great job throughout it. And the colours in particular, I think, uh, are absolutely stand out. Colours by uh, Lisa Jackson. My favorite thing about this comic. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Really, I mean, it's not like comics are, you know, short on wacky space adventures yeah, at the moment. But... Uh, yeah, this one, this one isn't afraid of being extremely weird from the, from, from the, the first page. If that, if that appeals to you, this is your comic.
1: There you go. Another extremely weird one um, was Kaiju Max issue one.
0: So this is uh, the second season of Kaiju Max, um, and uh, this had sold out before I got to King's last week, so I missed out on this issue. But what I did get was the trade of the first season of Kaiju Max um, which probably would have helped Shivon yeah. appreciate this comic a bit more.
1: Because <laughs> I did the other and just picked up the first issue of season two, and I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I, I, to be honest, I was expecting a much more straight up like kaiju monster story, yeah, Japanese monster comic. Um, whereas this is kind of like kaiju monsters having to exist in the real world and being sort of second class citizens. Uh, well, well,
0: it more, it's It's like what if Oz, the uh, the the jail show was yep. uh, featuring massive, hulking Japanese beasts. Nice. Uh, and uh, so you have them, they're all in this prison, this island prison uh. for monsters. I'm not sure if that's where they're still at for, th- for, th- for this issue, but um, in the first issue it's all about, like, basically all the different, like, all the robot, the mechs, mm-hmm. um, have their own gang, and then all the ones that are based on, like, uh, um, it, like, you know, the combination of two animals. Fun. Um they're all they all have their own gangs and they all have wars within and then you've, you've got like uh humans interacting with the prisoners and you know uh, being corrupt and that kind of thing it's it's you know it's a very very fun and strange comic uh, written and drawn by xander cannonen
1: um what a what an interesting man clearly yeah um yes yeah, so this the second season picks up i guess where like following kaiju outside of the prison um and various characters are sort of showing up and becoming interesting and I, I really I really enjoyed it yeah right it was cool really so weird. it looks
0: like a big change up for the second season mm. um I will check in I'm gonna, gonna still list one and maybe give everyone an update because I'm really enjoying this this uh this comic it got nominated for an Eisner last year yeah best new series. this year sorry um and uh yeah it's very very fun strange mm. and uh and the art is is splendid it looks like a kid's comic and it is definitely not one
1: It is definitely not one don't make that mistake
0: <laughs> although it's like I mean, it's not it's not crazy it's got no. some pretty pretty heavy themes in it um, for a comic about colourful monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So that's all the uh, the first issues this week. Um, it's kind of nice that there's, that there's been a light week. It looks like we're having a light week yeah. next week too. Um, so less number ones and more numbers two and up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start. There are so many of our favourite comics put out like, just knockout issues this yeah. week. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about them with you, Siobhan. We can kick it off with, um, we've said it many times, maybe our favourite comic coming out at the moment, but certainly our favourite writer at the moment, Tom King's take on The Vision.
1: Such an awesome issue. And this um, this sort of answers a couple of things that we've um, thought about before. Like, I know that I was really interested in seeing how Tom King would sort of cover the relationship that The Vision had with Wanda... Maximoff the Scarlet Witch, which mm. is one of my... I love a good robot with feelings, so...
0: Yeah, and, and they were kind of paired off as a, as a couple from... Was it from the 70s through to the yeah. 90s kind of thing? Uh, certainly an on-again, off-again couple mm. um, with uh, all kinds of dramas that affected many of the massive events that we saw um, in the last decade. Mm. Uh, but
1: Like fake children and...
0: Yeah, and so we get this uh, kind of history... Of their relationship together, and you see different points that you might be familiar with if you've been reading uh, Marvel comics for a long time, especially if you're a West Coast Avengers fan. Um, who isn't? <laughs> and the arts by uh, Michael Walsh, who does an incredible, like you know, the the obviously the Geordie Belair on colors keeps the vibe similar to regular art, but it is a oh. it's a definite change up, and yeah, and, and like you know, it, it feels like you're reading a, you know a different take on on this story. Uh,
1: really great art, though. Really, um, unbelievable. I it was excellent yeah,
0: and uh very sketchy in parts, which mm-hmm. is really, really great, because it is quite it's it's a it's an emotional story, whereas mm. the regular issues of the vision are quite robotic and cold, not mm. unlike our friend the vision uh, this is uh, this has a much more of an emotional core to this story, um, and it's quite tragic you um not only do you feel for the vision but you feel for Scarlet Witch and and you end the issue feeling for everyone involved in the current story. yeah, very, you know, very sort dark. of
1: depressing, ominous ending. Um, but really, really, a, like, a brilliant sort of issue, the way it was absolutely. told and paced and bookended by that sort of scene being mirrored in the two relationships. And
0: Tom King can write a hell out of a one-shot. Like he this, really it, it, can. It's not quite a one-shot, but this is definitely a comic that you could just give to someone that wasn't reading the entire series mm. and kind of this would sell them on the series. And yeah,
1: absolutely. Each Tom King issue, like, there's never there's never a filler issue. You know, yep. like, everything seems really tightly plotted and really... Everything's there for a reason. So, One thing which I do want to say, mm-hmm. um, because this is a like good example, I am tired of this Luke Cage, a close shave ad in the beginning of every single flippin' Marvel comic.
0: Yeah. Uh, so <sighs> Marvel probably put... Actually, no, DC and Marvel both have sh- yeah. pretty... I would say every other month a shocking ad. Yeah. Um, usually Marvel keep theirs on the back page. They, 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 sorry, like the back cover. Mm-hmm. That's where they save their worst ads. At the moment, we've got a celebration of M&M's from That's 1941 so to 2016. 75 years of M&M's, guys. Celebrate. Um, so, w- I have lots of friends that have seen me with a big pile of comics going, <laughs> why are you reading so many M&M's comics? <laughs> um, but at the moment, they've got this shocking one, which is an actual... And this is the worst kind of ads, too. It's the
1: worst kind of comic book ad.
0: Where they actually get, get artists to draw a comic book Page featuring Marvel characters or DC characters um, using the products. So this one, you have Luke Cage featured in a story about Magic Shave, foaming (sighs) shave cream. Um, But
1: but like, it's just it's it's so annoying, especially because you open the front, the first page of this like brilliant, really intelligent, artistic, brilliant comic book, and the first page is this stupid comic and you, for a second your brain's like oh this is where the story starts it huh? happened I with uh, with is... Black
0: Widow last week so yeah, yeah. look if, if you've been uh really really simmering on this one too don't <laughs> worry me and Siobhan feel your pain and uh we can't even we can't even buy this shaving cream in Australia so we can't even boycott it that's but, what uh,
1: always killed me about um because I feel like there is a certain amount of nostalgia to do with ads in comic books mm-hmm. and it always killed me because I read a lot of Archie comics growing up obviously and there were always the ads for the like weird cereal like Fruity Pebbles and stuff like that that doesn't even exist now that I'm old enough to travel to the States no, so I will never... Fruity Pebbles totally exists Does that exist? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Nate's been lying ne- to me That'll never go away
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it always um,
1: used to annoy me that I couldn't get couldn't get all the things in the ads
0: um, if you're an American listening who would like to send Siobhan cereal, oh, yeah. you can hit us up with an email. You can, you can email <laughs> us some uh, serious issues at kingscomics.com. Uh, let's move on to probably my favourite comic of last year. Um, maybe my favourite ongoing comic is still um, by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. It's Southern Bastards, issue number 14. We finally see... Um, something that was teased in like the fourth issue of this mm. series that they then uh, we, 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 we were given like five issues of a backstory involving one of the characters and then a series of issues focusing on single characters um, and this, this is the final um, story of, of, uh, of this arc this current arc um, and we and we get a, uh, an insight into Earl Tubbs daughter and uh, this was just every like I mean it's this has come after a few delays and you know when you sometimes when there's when you when you lose that run of getting it on the same day of every month, you're like, "Oh, this one's back again." Okay, mm. cool. I hope it's still. And this is just like an absolute reminder of why this yeah. is one of the best comics coming out right now, and so mm. exciting that you know they're only fourteen. Is- they're fourteen issues into this run on image, and I feel like I'm. I'm they've got another sixty issues of this. Sure, yeah, rate, they could right?
1: keep going. They could keep going forever. This was a brilliant issue.
0: Um, and so exciting, yeah. I mean, because this is this is a comic that's unapologetically about the South. So you, with that, you get. All the good things about the South, and of course, all of the terrible things about the South. Um, so there's a it deals with a lot of racial issues, um, and 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 re- uh, gender issues as well. And mm-hmm. it's just, man, just such so a rewarding comic. It is again an, another one that you could give to um, someone who hasn't read a single issue of this series. And there's enough of a self-contained story within this issue that you would convince them by the end of the issue that they need to be reading this entire run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jason Latour is just. Just knocking it out of the park as well. Like. Yeah,
0: it's so great. He's so fantastic at drawing um, action scenes in this comic as well. Yeah. motion in this is just he's he's you know his pencils are so fluid and cool. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: it's such a it's such a lived in sort of dirty world absolutely. that they understand clearly, very personally themselves. Um,
0: Without being as uh, disgusting as uh, R. M. Guerra's uh, yeah. kind of stuff that he does with Jason Aaron, which can get on the way That's too gritty too. side sometimes. <laughs> that is too dirty. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I loved this issue. I mm-hmm. love this series. I know, I love talking about it every time it comes out. Um if you are not reading Southern Bastards already, uh Read it. it's really cheap to just pick up the trades and this one, the next trade of this, this 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 issue will pop up in the next trade coming out extremely soon. I think in in a few weeks uh yeah, on image, sale image 7th of good. June. I so there it. you go. Um yeah, please start reading Southern Bastards. It's 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 wonderful. Um Black Panther 2. So this is the uh, fantastic uh, new run. Not in a fantastic. It's the very, very hyped mm. um, and potentially fantastic. I'll give it that. Mm. Um, by uh, Tana Hisi Coates and with art by Brian Stelfreeze. Now, the first issue was a great start, but didn't really delve too much into the meat of, uh, of Black Panther's world, much less just what Black Panther is like in general. Mm. Um, it kind of set up different characters within that world and kind of potential ways that it could affect Black Panther in the future. We'd, we'd definitely get more of Black Panther in this issue. Um, Shavon, I know you like this, so I want to hear you really, thoughts on I
1: really enjoy this issue. I think that we got, you know, I think we got much more of an idea of the kinds of things that he wants to say with this comic book, um, the areas that he's going to delve into. I love the sort of idea of um, the kind of, I guess, almost like republican Wakandans who don't believe in the, you know one one man to rule um, to rule Wakanda anymore. I think that's a very sort of interesting, compelling way to take the character. Mm-hmm. I think that he said a couple of things which were quite sort of insightful about um, T'Challa as a character. So like, there's a bit where he says, "So now I know that this is who I am." Might shame rage, and I think that kind of. For me, I was quite like, ooh, that seems like really quite a good insight because I never really thought about shame as being a big part of T'Challa's identity and legacy, but I think that it really is. And I think that he feels the the weight of his responsibility on his shoulders very heavily.
0: Yeah. And I think that came across
1: really well in this. I
0: would never suggest that he doesn't have a good grip on who Black Panther is or what Wakanda represents within the Marvel comic world, but I just kind of find it a bit dull.
1: Mm. I don't know. Like I, 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 I
0: know Black Panther is just a, a very serious character through yeah. and through. So, it's, so you can't, It's you know, this isn't going to be the exciting, fun action romp that we're getting in countless other Marvel comics. Yeah, but and it's
1: not, there's not like, I mean, I don't think there are any moments of levity or any sort of gags <laughs> No, of <course laughs> throughout not. But, the thing.
0: Th- but there's like, you know, like there's, there is an extended kind of uh, stealth action scene with Black Panther. Mm. And I don't, like, you know, I don't know if it's maybe it's the art's fault more than anything, but I, I just didn't. I just it just seems so still and and dull as opposed to like stealthy and intriguing.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I I guess I didn't interpret it that way, but um, I'm not like I don't really care about action scenes for some reason. No, I usually skip through them a little bit, and but I thought it, for um, me
0: to for for me to read through six six pages of an action scene yeah. and, and only read the words without taking in any of the the, the any of action. the art yeah. or the action. It was just it was just strange. Um
1: yeah, I can agree with that.
0: And uh we're going to be talking about the Ultimates um in a minute. Mm. Um and I feel like that iteration of Black Panther is the one that I love more.
1: Mm. Um, it is it is a different version of the
0: Yeah, like I I than... he's he's so so powerful with so few words in that, yeah. in that in that book and I I that's the Black Panther that I love.
1: Yeah, I guess that this is a more sort of um Internal, unsure of himself, kind of Black Panther that we don't really see that much. Maybe, yeah,
0: sure. Like he's so used to standing up to big cosmic entities and other superheroes yeah. that to do that on his own 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 home, hometown is is just difficult.
1: And to address his own failings, like with his sort of sister who's trapped between life and death and those sorts of things. I think I think he's opening up some avenues to take the story in a couple of really interesting directions yeah like look, I'm, um,
0: I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go for sure
1: but i agree it's not it's not maybe not the like mammothly exciting huge book that we all kind of expected it i, I to don't make.
0: want that quite i just want to be hooked on it yeah. and i'm not quite hooked yet um but you know obviously we're both going to continue reading it because yeah. it is an extremely exciting kind of take it's, it's just exciting to have lots of people reading black panther that yeah. Wearing it before, absolutely. Yeah, um, so Black Panther also features heavily in the Ultimates, which is a book by Al Ewing with art by Kenneth Rocafort and uh, color by Dan Brown. Um, man, uh, I'm a, I'm just, I can't get over how much I love this book. Um, the, it's a, it's a big cosmic book that we've mentioned before. Has the closest ties to the Secret Wars event by Hickman, and, and indeed all of the Hickman mm. stuff that came before it. Um, uh, we've, you've got a, a very uh, a different team of um, of Blue Marvel, Spectrum, um, and Ms. America, who are three you know three characters that are very very niche when it mm. comes to the Marvel Universe. Um, and then you've got, of course, tying it together, Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Um, the biggest thing I want to say about this book, especially after like because that the, the they did a fantastic one shot featuring the new status quo for um, Galactus, where he's mm-hmm. now like the, the the bringer of life instead of the ender. Um, and following that up was going to be tough because um, I knew that they weren't going to follow it up with Galactus stuff immediately, um, but you know, you, you see, there's Th- Thanos is on the front cover, so I mean, like, yeah, oh my I god, Thanos wish, is I was be just in this. thinking,
1: I kind of wish they hadn't done that because it was such an exciting reveal.
0: i I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten that he was on the cover <laughs> by the time <laughs> too, he showed up, um, but more than anything, I feel like I don't know, like. Because all of the other um, Marvel teams, the X Men books, the Avengers books, I'm not enjoying them at all at mm. the moment. But this one just seems like such a great handle on the on the team dynamics. Mm-hmm. Like I think that there's a more successful version of both Black Panther and Captain Marvel in this book than, than there are in their in their solo books. Um, like just compelling reasons to love these characters and they're so, they just gel so well together and, and it's clear that Al Ewing has, like he knows where this book is going, you know yeah, what I mean? he has ideas. I hope people are reading it because I, I really want to see this, like, do the massive long arc that it deserves. Um,
1: How do you feel about Kenneth Rockefeller's art? Because I can never quite make up my mind.
0: So, when it first came out, I picked up issue one, I flipped through it and I was like, no, nah, it's not for me. Mm. But then I, I read a few issues of it and... um. I am I'm, I'm you know I'm used to it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I love his Thanos.
1: He does draw a spectacular Thanos.
0: Um and this is the this is the Thanos I mean even though I love Thanos in in uh, Hickman's run and he he was quite a fun character by the end of that run certainly in Secret Wars. But um you know, I, I've read all the Infinity Gauntlet mm. stuff and, and Thanos is such a funny and and, yeah. and and strange and fun character to read in those books. Um, and I feel like we're getting a a, a very fun take on, on Thanos. Mm. And this is quite a big, serious cosmic, you know, dealing the, with, the, with, the, with the many, many problems of the universe, one, yeah. one problem at, or ten problems at a time. But it still is fun. And and I'm, I'm very excited to see Thanos re-enter this, this story in, in, the, in this series with these characters. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
0: I kind of hope that that Thanos is just dealt with by the Ultimates, not by. They don't need to bring
1: yeah. other other Marvel characters. I don't think in. it needs to become like yeah. a sort of event at all. I think that this can just. I like that. I like that they're dealing with sort of big stories, but in quite a self-contained way. I think Absolutely, that's really good fun.
0: Yeah, and I hope that these guys don't have to tie into Civil War too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my Fingers ongoing crossed. hope.
0: Yeah, um, cool. So that is uh, the Ultimates number seven. I I would say if you were if you were looking at. Picking up a new Marvel book with this is I think the first trade of this is coming out very soon. Um, definitely pick this one up I, if you, yeah. you love, you know, team books. This is a just a really, really unique take on a team book, and it's just fun to read. Month yeah, month
1: absolutely. Sure. And this is a good jumping on point, I think, as well for this comic.
0: Yeah, because like he's very good at explaining to you what all the characters have done so far. Yeah. What the yeah, and and also this book more than anything has made me realize that I need to be on. Uh, marvel unlimited the oh, I know, um, right the digital subscription i've been meaning that they to do.
1: do that for ages because
0: at the end of each issue they say like did you like these characters here is here are some great books featuring them yeah um and you know they'll, they'll recommend anything from you know two months old to 40 years old
1: yeah look at this in the back of this their additional reading is um marvel two in one 53 to 58 the thing and quasar what a team up
0: well cool Great stuff. Um, one of the best Marvel books going on right now.
1: Absolutely. Although I have just noticed that it does say "The Road to Civil War II up the top of the comic, oh, and no. as as Carol Danvers is one of the sort of major players in Civil War Two, I failed to see how this is going to not tie yeah. in. So farewell, farewell to that excellent book.
0: <laughs> um, I'll let you talk about Archie Siobhan. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow this because <laughs> I thought this is a great issue.
1: This is a great issue. So this is I like this because. Um, I think it was sort of more subtle at the beginning how much this is clearly a story told from Archie's perspective, but now we have much more sort of Archie talking, like breaking the fourth wall, kind of talking to the camera, which I think is really good fun. Um, I think the way they've split it up into little stories is really good, little sort of bits. I think Veronica Fish has gotten a really good handle Absolutely. on the characters. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the time comic book artists don't have a good grasp on sort of fashion and things like that and I think you know uh, Dan Carlo, one of the greatest Archie artists of all time was really good at that like each each outfit was different and unique and special and thought through and I think that she does an awesome job of that especially with Veronica's outfits and stuff I think that's really important super
0: important definitely
1: um, and I thought it was really I thought it was really good fun I thought it managed to be emotional um you know you get the sense that Archie is a really good son he's willing to do things for his dad um Lots of funny Veronica moments.
0: She, that's what you just said there. It just made me think. Like, it's, it's interesting. You would think that like, drawing a pretty grounded romance slash kind of school mm. comic would be considerably easier than drawing a superhero comic. But from that creativity standpoint, the superheroes always wear the same outfits all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, totally. It makes yeah, it way easier. I never thought of that, especially when it comes with you know someone like Veronica who is undoubtedly a fashionista.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have
0: to make sure that that's represented through what she's wearing each issue. And She'd never wear a- the same thing twice. No,
1: of course not. And it's such a real problem with a lot of superhero comics is that when they're like out of costume, they look ridiculous because they're drawn by, you know, men in their 40s who don't <laughs> know or care. And that's a big difference in someone like Jamie McKelvey's work. 40s is being generous. <laughs> <And> being generous. <laughs> um, or even like, um, I always think I always think of the Teen Titans issues, just constantly, just constantly thinking of Teen Titans <laughs> from um, the 90s, the Marv Wolfman, George Perez run. Like George Perez had a really good handle on how to dress the characters when they weren't in costume. That I think is really important.
0: Yeah, and this was a great issue that focused on Jughead and Archie's friendship too, which hasn't yes. happened that much so far in this run. So, yeah, the more yeah, of their that friendship the friendship is just
1: kind of a given. So it's nice to see a little bit more of that. And I like I like seeing um, I like seeing the Veronica Archie relationship from Archie's perspective because I think most of the time we tend to see it through Betty's eyes. So I think it's a bit kind of. You know, it's quite sweet. Yeah, definitely. You can see why he likes her.
2: Mark
0: Wade is just so good at writing this book, which is why it just kills me so hard that he that his all new, all different Avengers is just not fun to read at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, bizarre, isn't
0: it? Yeah, should we talk about that quickly? Yeah, um, might as well. Uh, so the number nine of all new, all different Avengers uh, by um, Mark Wade with art by um, Ma- Mahmud Azra. Um, this one focused on Jarvis, who's the, the Avengers butler, mm-hmm. who Hickman just altogether. And I feel like most writers of, uh, of Avengers comics in the last few years have completely ignored.
1: Mm.
0: Mark was way, was like, Oh, I can't wait to bring Jarvis back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just like, I get, I get that it's kind of fun to tell a, a story from, from yeah. his point of view, but there's so much going on in this, but at the end it's just nothing. It's just, you have like a, a, a bad problem with vision that the, the the new all new all different wasp comes and solves all of a sudden and you know we got a little glimpse of her in the uh, free comic book day issue mm. uh, and yeah I just it's just it's yeah. just a bit meh.
1: yeah it was really meh. and like I feel like they've they've introduced her in a really sort of goofy goofy way and she doesn't seem that compelling a character, I think they've shoehorned her in a really bizarre, unearned kind of way.
0: Yeah, I feel I reckon that the, the editorial things that, that you have to do with this yeah. series must be so awful. Yeah. Um obviously you've got I mean for whatever reason this doesn't have uh the road to civil war on it when you know this is going to be one of the characters the, the the books are most affected by it. But
1: Yeah. Although um if this leads to like I mean I'm not opposed I'm not opposed to the friendly butler um sort of archetype. And if this leads to like potentially a cute Mark Wade road trip story with Jarvis and this new wasp, you know, discovering herself and discovering her family. That could that could be fun. I'd be open minded.
0: Yeah, it's sure. Give me that though, but don't give me like a grumpy a grumpy vision and then a I mean this this also ends with uh with Nova saying that he needs to go to space for a while and he can't be in the Avengers while he's while he's in space and then Iron Man and Falcon Captain Falcon saying mm. uh like let us come with you. Yeah. Does
1: this comic imply that Vision has now had his emotions card put back? I don't know. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Port, like you're all over the place, Mark Wade. Clearly your <laughs> attentions are
0: I mean, good. I mean, I would, I would rather Archie be perfect and, and, yeah. and an Avengers comic be a bit meh, yeah, to be sure. honest. Same. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be way more upset if it was the other way around. Absolutely. Um, so, we uh, obviously have not been talking about many DC comics these last few episodes ever since we started, uh, because we happened to start this show towards the end of all of these runs on mm-hmm. DC, since the New 52 is ending. Um, obviously, we're going to be rectifying that by reading every single one of the new Rebirth comics. But... Um, even though Scott Snyder and Greg P- Capullo ended their long and very successful Batman run with issue 51, uh, DC decided we cannot let this series not run to 52, especially when we called it the new 52. Mm-hmm. So we get a little fill in comic written by James Tinney and the Fourth, who is taking over. Is he taking over Detective Comics? Yeah. Um, and uh, you get a beautiful Capullo smirking, smiling little Batman on the front cover, which I really <laughs> liked. Um, and then uh, you get a. I don't know. I guess one of my favourite kind of Batman one shots, where it's, you know, kind of del- delving into his past and the ongoing narrative is a is a relationship um, kind of focus between. Uh, in this case, it's Alfred and Batman. But, but I remember there was a really great annual of Batman and Robin where it was about um, Robin, Damian, uh, Damian, Gray, what's his name, Damian Wayne, Damian Wayne. uh Wayne, going on like a little mission to try and um, uncover, try and find a, a pearl from. Mm from martha wayne's uh necklace and uh this reminded me a lot of that i love that 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 annual um and this really evokes some of those same same emotions it just is you know it's about how important uh alfred and and uh and Batman's relationship is. And-
1: how many how many safety deposit boxes filled with, like, tiny personal mementos do you think Batman has hid around Gotham City? Because, like, as much as I, I did enjoy this issue and I thought it was good fun, I do feel like we're starting to get to the point where, like, I mean, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of special mementos and things like yeah. that, and just constantly retroactively putting in like ah, but remember this like the most emotional thing that yeah, ever happened to you. Oh, I
0: can't, I can't, I'll always forgive these kind of stories. Yeah, I, even it, was I've so of it was still good fun. It was still good fun. Yeah, and and you know the most on the nose thing in this comic is that so. Uh, when he was a boy and grieving after his parents' death, um, Bruce Wayne was given a book in which he was uh, told to write down the many reasons, many things that he could do to to get over his parents' death. (laughs) It
1: seems a bit harsh. So
0: he writes a list and it's very, he's very, very hard on himself. And so this throughout the story, you see like, you know, number one, the number one thing he needs to do is disappear. Mm. So it kind of shows him, you know, learn when he's, Doing all his his decade away to become Batman and all the things he has to learn, it it links to these rules that he's given himself as, as a kid, um, and then it turns out that after that um, Alfred steals the book and writes in a uh, a sweet mm. important message for, for for young Bruce Wayne and, and Bruce young Bruce gets very upset and rips it out, and uh, at the end of the book we find out that uh, the 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 um, the message that Alfred wrote. Was uh, remember that your parents will always be proud of you. I oh, thought that was very sweet, but it was very undermined sweet. by the fact that that was the 52nd
1: uh, thing I didn't even that Bruce that. needed to do lame, to get over lame.
0: Why couldn't they've just made it 69? That would have been really great <laughs> on every level.
1: If only
0: 420th thing that he <laughs> needs to do. <laughs> so yeah, I don't look. I, I think that that's it. If anything, this is just a nice reminder yeah, it was that a nice James Tinian knows. That the emotional core of Batman is important, not yeah. the badass side.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's always nice to have that sort of reminder that without his sort of family, Bruce would be a much, um, much a very different Batman.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's fly through the rest of our reviews. Yeah. Um, what do you want to kick it off with?
1: Uh, did you read Silk? I did. Pretty good.
0: Um, so again, continuing the um, ongoing crossover event between all the Spider Lady books, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I, really enjoyed I I really enjoying this. I love I love. Evil Black Cat in this, mm-hmm. and uh, I I th- I agree with you. I think Silk is one of becoming one of my favorite characters. Yeah, um, just such a such, such so many cool things to do with her, and um, you know you're not really sure who, what what side she's barracking for yet. And yeah, um, yeah, it's great. It's got
1: very cool. Ended on a very sort of ambiguous note in terms of like which side, which side of the law she is on, whether she sides with Black Cat or whether she's a you know regular superhero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just really good fun, really interesting art. I really like the sort of Range of artists that they've had on all of these Spider Woman titles. It almost is...
0: felt like reading an indie book.
1: Yeah, it really has. It that's that's honestly how it feels. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, really clever. Really and, enjoying but it. But
0: I'm very excited to check in with Spider Woman
1: next week. Yes, same.
0: And uh, finally see this goddamn baby.
1: Yeah. Want to see some babies.
0: Um, Another uh, Marvel book I read this week was The Uncanny Inhumans, number eight by Charles Sewell. Um, And uh, this one focused on uh, Medusa and the definitely not inhuman Human Torch Mm -hmm. um, and their relationship. And it was a really, really sweet story. uh basically you, you have finally have uh, Medusa's sister, Crystal, who was previously married to Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch, finding out about their relationship. Awkward. Very awkward. And, uh, but this is a really, really sweet, sweet story that explores why they got together in the first place yep. and uh, their current predicament. It was uh, a really, really, really fun one to read and I, I, I'm really enjoying Uncanny and Humans. Mm. Again, another example of a, a Marvel team-up book done more Yeah, right.
1: absolutely. And goodness gracious, I love Kev Walker's... Slightly weird blocky art. Um, mm. I I can't think of what I've seen him do since um, Avengers Academy or Avengers. I can't remember what the what the follow up book to that did was. He Arena. But yeah, yeah, he did Avengers oh, Arena. Right. I loved and, Arena. Yeah, Arena. so so good. Um, so I really enjoyed this. Really good. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't like his, his She-Hulk, but I love his Medusa. True. He 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 gave She-Hulk like anime eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, The Adventures of Archer and Armstrong number three on Valiant. Um, just another great issue of making me regret not reading all the valiant comics mm. um which i may go back and do but uh, i really want to point out david Lafuente's art i previously only saw him on um uh ultimate spider man oh yeah um and but he's doing something very different and cartoonish here super fun drawing all, all manner of gods and partying and just yeah really fun, really fun issues this, is this would be a great trade mm. yeah awesome uh to talk about the fix number yeah, 2. Yeah,
1: yeah, the fix. Um I thought I thought this was still a strong issue. Yeah.
0: Uh didn't, we, we, this is like probably my favorite number 1 when it came out. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely more of the same, but yeah. uh, it's a good same.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I wasn't as Actually, sort of yeah. blown away by the um the second issue as I was by the first. I think that it's still quite clever and quite fun, um but I think it was just missing a bit of the the humor in the no, art. It,
0: oh right, in the art. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Even the, you still got little little gags, but this is a much tighter story than than the, than the first issue. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I uh, actually just rereading it now, I th- actually thought it was better a better issue overall. Oh really? Um, so yeah, I mean it's very mean spirited, so I, that may that may turn turn you off it by the end. Maybe. But uh, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed this this comic. It definitely kind of showed how how out there it's going to get. And yeah, again, this is another one that you should be reading just because it's you know it's just such a just such a mean comic.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's still totally worth a read, though, and I'm I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely still on board. Amazing.
0: Um, number two for uh, an issue that we reviewed the number one of a while ago. Um, from Dark Horse, The House of Penance by Peter Tomasi with art uh, by Ian Bertram. This is about a uh, a, a widowed uh, lady who is using her husband's uh, fortunes to build a house that she keeps taking down um, rooms off. He has like a, and. An unimaginable large amount of people working on this house for her, including um, uh, many evil people, and it kind of—it's almost as if she's building a house to hell. Um, The art is fantastic, Um, just really, really excellent, dark um, storytelling, and yeah, this is a great series. Uh, This is going to be one of my. Definitely most recommended stories of the year. Hmm. If you uh, if you love that classic Dark Horse feel with a uh, little bit of early Vertigo vibes as well, this is uh, definitely a comic for you.
1: Another one that um, I read the second issue of, as well as Circuit Breaker, which is Kevin McCarthy and Kyle Baker's sort of... Um, I want to say it's like their Astro Boy almost. It, it's got a very... Japanese robot book. Yeah, it's got a very sort of um, anime-influenced... Obviously, it's said in Japan, there's lots of sort of... Um, sound effects lots of sort of references to um, conventions of anime and manga and I think it's a really good fun book if you like that sort of thing if you want a slightly westernized uh, artificial intelligence sort of fun silly robot book I I highly recommend it because I'm I'm really enjoying it
0: Um, it only took two issues but I'm officially sick of Gwenpool yeah I didn't uh, even read it you know what this book just isn't for me if it is for you good for you but it is not for me Uh, you know you have a it's, it's it's very meta and cute, but uh, that that's not enough for me to uh, continue reading a book. Agreed. Um, I'm also going to be dropping a book that I thought was quite good in the issue, the first issue, Jackpot by Ray Fox and Marco Faela.
1: Yeah, um, what happened in this issue? Just
0: well, so this is one we talked about enjoying because it just was like a you know, like a really really straight mm. fun heist book. Yeah. Um, but it had like a slight amount of like you know ooh shadowy figures in the background, and then mm. this one just kind of removes all of the fun heisty stuff and just makes it all about weird. Heist, weird shadowy figure bullshit. Yeah. And I didn't really know what was going on half the time. It's, it's, it's confusing to follow. Yeah. Um, I think it's meant to be, but I just didn't find it enjoyable and uh, I will not be continuing with you, Jackpot. Same. I apologize. Uh, issue number three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out by Kyle Higgins. Still, Still just enjoying this book, even though I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a, a book that I did not think I would like and I am. And I don't really know what's going on. Sometimes, just because it, it kind of definitely is in the middle of, of, of a series of Power Rangers that, mm. I you know, I've I, I probably watched 10 episodes of Power Rangers in my life. Mm. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a confusing one to follow at times, but uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's really enjoyable. Mm. Uh, it's, it's just, it, I, it kind of just reminded me how cool all the things Power Rangers could do is. What so can they do? They can, like, jump into, like, cool, like, uh, big robot tigers and cool. then, then all the tigers join up like voltron but yeah. also the green ranger has a sword that he can play like a flute what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah it's great super fun i don't know it's it's just such a hilarious concept
1: yeah amazing
0: um and uh finally i read uh doth vader issue 20 they started a new a new uh arc um which is Karen focusing Gillen's on still writing it yeah, still Kieran Gillen and still yeah. LaRocca doing amazing work. Look how good his Emperor is.
1: Oh, that is a good... Wow, that is a ball-sacky looking Emperor.
0: Yeah, as he should be. Yeah. Um, and this is just a great insight to Darth Vader. It's a lot kind of smaller in, in scope than the last arc was. and uh, cool. Yeah, uh, really great. We also get a backup of the controversial... Um, they're called Triple uh, Zero and BT, which are the kind of like the dark versions of uh, mm. C-3PO and R2-D2. Um, in, I actually thought found this story quite enjoyable. Um, a friend and listener, Steel Saunders, who runs the Steel Wars podcast, mm. detests these characters so much. It's so weird. Why? And so last week when... Because uh, they're, they're, they're quite zany. And, uh, oh, in his yeah, opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zaniness, zaniness does not belong in the Marvel Universe. Um, That's <laughs> But I would say zaniiness does belong in comic books. So it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to decide. Uh, so I actually got to give him a trigger warning last week because uh, in, in, our, in our free comic book day issue... Uh, episode, sorry. Um, someone said that their favorite comic book characters of all time were were, were, were BT and uh, and Triple Zero. Um, but I don't know. I've, I I'm curious to know what Steele, the uh, massive Star Wars fan that he is, thought of this backup story. Um, as I thought it was actually quite quite cool. Mm. But I, he's probably deleting me off Facebook because I said that.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. He'll probably.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium
1: wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 ready get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so
0: give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
1: 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promo for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
0: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care
1: They
0: shoot you. Uh, do you got any more?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm still reading um, Gotham Academy, which I think I'm assuming is sort of uh, wrapping up now. They've been doing this Gotham Academy yearbook kind of um, mini arc where they're just kind of exploring little stories from around the school. Different teachers, different, you know, different japes. It's so fun. Like, I mean... Different th- japes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jack and <apes>? <laughs> um, But, you know, like, I mean, the basic concept of, like, it's Harry Potter, but Batman still very strong still works still really good fun love maps love the characters that they've created i think that they've built up a really fun extra little sort of area of the bat universe and i highly recommend to all people um who like fun also i also read the um latest issue of island which is brandon graham's sort of anthology book. and emma emma rios oh and emma rios yep absolutely um just still really good. Like I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of different stories in here by a bunch of different artists. Really diverse sort of.
0: My favorite thing about this issue was the opening pages. Yes, which is so not cool. actually a story, but who's it by? The artist I've not I've not I've not heard of before. But but it's very Brandon Graham influenced. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, just like you know, wacky wacky space shit. Kim Kirsch. Kim Kirsch. Yeah, I really really loved that. Mm. Um, uh, the only thing is about these anthologies is that if you miss one you like miss out on like the beginning of one story and the end of another. Yes. Um, but of course, as everyone knows, that's how anthology books work. So yeah. shut the fuck up <laughs> lemons.
1: <laughs> but still good. If you like anthologies, check it out.
0: Yeah. That's the Island. Cool. So that's all of our uh, reviews for this week. Um, and uh, of course you can catch all of those books at Kings comics or mm-hmm. com If you're not in Sydney um, next week or this week, if you're listening, um, the big issues to look out for um, you've got, Obviously, the biggest news is that uh, Civil War 2 officially starts with the Zero issue.
1: And we're also getting the first issue of uh, Rebirth this week, are we not? Or issue Zero of Rebirth? Something like that. Is that this week?
0: Wow, I didn't see that on my list. Uh, But we are getting Future Quest, which is the first of the um, DC and Hanna-Barbera books.
1: Yes, we are also getting Scooby Apocalypse 1. Is that
0: this week as well? Yeah. Oh, man. What a big week. That's terrifying. So, future quest, I'm definitely excited for Scooby, not at all, but I'm reading it to laugh at it. So, look forward to us being extremely venomous towards that book (laughs) next next week. Um, We've also got the return of one of my favorite books from last year, uh, the fifth issue of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Finally, which is a very very dark um, take on 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 Sabrina. It's much more mired and kind of like the history of witchcraft and.
1: It's such spooky fun. Yeah, I love it.
0: We've also got the final issue of Superman, American Alien by Max Landis. And this one, every issue has been done by uh, a different artist. And we have Jock on the oh, finale. Oh, cool. So that's very exciting news. Um, and uh, IDW have three new number ones out, and none of them look that great. So look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goldie Vance number two is coming out too. Oh, awesome. And that's exciting to bring up because that was meant to be a four-issue limited series, but it's just been announced that it's going to be an ongoing.
1: That's very exciting.
0: Super cool. Um, also, uh, Dark Horse Presents number 22 has a, uh, a brand new story written and drawn by Jeff Lemire, which is uh, cool. exciting if you're a Lemire fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dark Horse Presents is another great anthology series and one that I have always meant, to, like every time I flick through it and I'm like, man, I can't wait till they collect this. It doesn't look like they're ever going to collect any of it. So pick it up while you can.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right, well, we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we'll be talking about our favourite Darwin Cook comics and some uh, listener emails. <laughs> And we are back. We didn't really go anywhere. We turned the mic off for one minute, got Jim, and we are back. But uh, before we talk about Darwin Cook, uh, just a quick little uh, correction. Yes. uh, For those who uh, were really looking forward to being unbelievably disappointed this week, you'll have to wait one more week because the Scooby Apocalypse comic comes out then, and so too does uh, the DC Rebirth comic. Um, But we are talking about Darwin Cook, one of our favorite artists and writers, creators mm-hmm. in general, um, who sadly passed away over the weekends. Um, Siobhan and I are both massive Darwin Cook fans, and I think it was one of the first things we ever talked about after when we had met each other and discovered we both love comics. Um, and another big fan of Darwin Cook is the manager of uh, King's Comics, Jim. Uh, Howdy. Uh, welcome to Serious Issues, the first ever King's Comics
2: guest. Well, I feel privileged. You Thank, be, you. Thank you.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Um, so, look at obviously unbelievably tragic what happened to Darwin Cook. He was 53 years old and um, was apparently struggling struggling with cancer for, for quite some time now and uh, it took his life over the weekend. Um, Siobhan texted me mm. while I was recording another podcast uh, about video games the other day and I, mean, I think if you listen back to it immediately my mood drops <laughs> <laughs> as Aww. I read and, and I'm unable to talk about it with anyone um, but uh, yeah I mean I, I thought it would be really fun for us to talk about I mean, the thing about recommending things that Darwin Cook has done is that I would recommend all of them.
1: Every single thing.
2: Yeah, it pretty much comes down to that. If we had a Darwin Cook wall here, uh, I, 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 which, I, which we should, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it'd be uh, empty most of the time because we wouldn't be able to keep up with demand. Yeah, but I
1: even looked on the shelf this morning to be like, oh, I'll just grab a few things off the shelf that I can no, sort won't. of refer to <laughs> quickly. And the only thing that we have in stock at the moment of Darwin's is um, Twilight Children, which just came out, yeah, which I think yeah. says a lot about how popular his work is. I mean, the
2: DC re-released The New Frontier um, as a hardcover mm. not that long ago, and despite the fact that we um over ordered on it massively it just it still went because yeah. it's just turned into this seminal you know, DC story it's it's amazing.
1: It really is. I reread it over the weekend and it's, it's
2: just
0: That's my favorite comic of all time. I it's think. Such yeah, an yeah. I'm not into saying that because it's a, you know the appropriate time to say it. I think, you know, I've been reading lots of people I posted about it straight away saying mm-hmm. like, you know, RIP Darwin Cook, writer of Darwin, um, the New Frontier, which I can't wait to reread mm-hmm. as I do, you know, every few months and someone wrote back, you know, love the art, never
2: loved the story. I'm like, I actually love the story more than the art. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I know. think the yeah, story. Yeah.
2: Is- yeah. It was that beautiful kind of, you know, bridge between the golden age and the silver age and the the story was just so unique, I think, for its time, just because it was bright and yeah. hopeful and, Absolutely. you know, it was everything the DC Universe should be and I right now thinking, isn't. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: thinking, like, why... Why, when they're relaunching the DC universe, why have they never just used that as the basis? You know, use that as, like, the Bible of the DC universe and build up from there, have yeah. legacy characters, have it, like, be in real time and, you know, have all that awesome history behind it. Cause...
2: Because, you know, I mean, readers like you and I, who have been reading comics for mm. X amount of years, decades, you know, um, are going to love it, but then new readers won't. Yeah, Um true. Which is unfortunate, and the fact that, I guess DC's kind of gone across doing the whole Marvel-Disney thing, their characters kind of have to be in line with their movie characters. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, that said, the uh, the animated version of DC New Frontier is one of the few very good animated films that DC put out as well.
2: Th- they did that absolutely right. It, mm. it was, it's kind of like the opposite of All-Star Superman. Oh, God. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Which, which was a wonderful book, but an awful animated movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I think that
1: probably has quite a lot to do with the fact that Darwin Cook actually directed the animated version, I believe. Did he
2: really? I can't remember. I know Darwin Cook... Because like, he, he was he, very
1: involved in, like, the animated side of the DC universe. Yeah, he, was yeah, involved he kicked in off Batman, uh, the on Batman series. the Animated Series. He and did Superman, that um, so, yeah. Batman
2: Beyond, the, yeah. the, the intro. he did the entire time. Yeah, so. he, he had a lot of experience there. I'm not
1: I, sure think I think he was definitely... I think... I might be I might be wrong on this, he but making, I feel like I read episode. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just making <laughs> things up now, okay? <laughs> You're in shock. I feel like I read somewhere that he was involved. He was involved in the sort of production of that as well.
2: I hope so, because, I mean, when I sat down and saw the film, it's just like... Oh my God yeah. How good is the best bits yeah. yeah yeah so great.
0: so we've we've mentioned it a few times if you haven't read DC the New Frontier, what it is is a retelling of uh, the origins of pretty much every DC superhero. so you, you it kind of syncs up with the year that they were actually created, but it t- it's told in almost real time. so the characters pop up the same year that they were created yeah um, so that they start they start becoming a superhero the year that they've been created, if that, if that makes sense. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that sense. yeah, that makes
2: sense. Um, and, and it bridges uh,
1: the gap between the sort of um, real Golden Age heroes, so like the Justice Society, so the original yeah, Flash, kind of when, the original... kind of when
2: the Golden Age heroes were starting to wane. Yeah. Um, they were almost disappearing into the background, and then the Silver Age, especially with Showcase and Flash, mm. came up. That's when DC really hit their stride.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're recording in the kitchen, and an apple just fell. An apple
2: was trying to kill my laptop. We've been attacked. Huge Huge (laughs)
1: day,
0: (laughs) it was bound to happen sooner or later. Um, Yeah, and you know, it's it's an incredible, crazy story for one, but Mm. it also features so many perfect, like just tone perfect iterations of. Like yeah. not only like like for one like the, the 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 trinity of Batman.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is that is who Wonder Woman should yeah. absolutely, you know, be in the comics. He he got a so right. It was ridiculous. Especially yeah. the, the the her not seeing eye to eye with with
0: Superman
2: and or well, anybody with you know the name or the word man. On the <laughs> yeah. end. really, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, like, I mean, for, for years that's been the Wonder Woman book that I recommend to people, which seems weird because it's not technically a Wonder Woman story, but it's the most perfect version of the character that I've ever been able to Absolutely, find. Yeah. And I feel the same about um, his version of Martian Manhunter, yes. who's, who's probably <laughs> yeah. who's probably the hero of the book, really. He's the sort of... I think he's also, he also told ended up being one of his eyes. Um,
2: Darwin's favourite characters. Yeah, um, well, I mean, he... Uh, just because you can do so much with him. That's
1: what made him one of my favourite characters. I mean, this version of the character, this, like, unbelievably sort of sweet, kind, hopeful man who wants to find the best in humanity and sort of loves his adopted home even though he was brought there, you know, by accident. I think it's I think it's just one of the most perfect versions of the Yeah, character. which
2: is weird because you see this cynical um, kind of angry alien Yeah. running around the DC universe right now and think to not yourself my, that 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 my John Jones. No, no not your no, definitely <laughs> not your John Jones. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, I, I, and also the, um, even just like older older teams that I'm not familiar with like mm. the the Black Hawk yeah. guys Oh, and, the Blackhawks, um, yeah. And uh <laughs> the um the Losers. Yes.
1: Um And the is it the Challengers? Challengers? Yeah. They're in there, there as well. It's
0: so, it's so much I mean like the, obviously when they made the movie they, they they only took parts of the comic, but yeah. you know in rightfully so otherwise it would be like a 3-hour long movie, which also would have Which been I wouldn't mind at all. But uh if
1: this has gone on as a series forever, I would have. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I,
2: I mean DC has such a rich history. I mean, it um, it precedes Marvel by, mm. you know, decades. And there's so much good stuff in there that looked like Darwin just kind of, you know, t- dove into it and bought out the best. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, f- to remind people how cool the DC Universe absolutely. really is.
0: Absolutely. It's what, it's what everyone who don't, doesn't like DC needs to read to realise, yeah. oh my yeah. God, there were so many great things over there. And yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: also, he really captures that sort of side of the DC universe that I think, as all three of us as big DC fans, really miss—that sort of the the hope and the idea that these these really are heroes. You know, these aren't sort of they have they're, they're troubled and they they have their problems. But you know, you can trust Superman. You can put your hope in Superman unless and these Batman. people. Unless you're Batman, yeah. in which case,
2: unless you're Batman, then you're, still you're just gonna have to beat the snot out of him. Still you know? mates, yes. <laughs> still buds. Um. Yeah, so I mean, Also, the
1: best example of Robin. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The what? best example of, like, the reason that Batman Hi, finds Robin. The yeah. you know? like, reason that's Robin perfect. exists. like, yeah. and done in a sentence, you know? Like, just really, really great storytelling.
0: So good. Um, and we haven't even talked about how much uh, we like the art. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. Which is, of course, what Darwin Cook is most famous for. Very, very. Uh, would you say, like, probably Silver Age is the, 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 the art
2: style that he most... I'd say so. I mean, it's yeah. got that blocky kind of uh, Jack Kirby style to Don't it, but at the same time, it it's well. so ridiculously, you know, simple but dynamic. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. I mean, over, over the years, now that I'm a curmudgeonly old man, I've been collecting comics, and I, I, I kind of refuse to get into things like, you know, variant covers and whatnot, but any time I saw a Darwin Cook cover... Yeah. It, it didn't matter if it was DC or Marvel or whatever. I'd be on it. I'd yeah. be all over it. I wanted to have that.
0: So last year, Darwin Cook drew 23 um, comics uh, variants yes. for, for DC. And Jim has them all. Yeah, And uh, yeah. as of yesterday, I have them all as well. Yes. And I have none, and I'm very sad. <laughs> you, you should be. <laughs> um, And uh, including, especially, there's a Teen Titans one where he draws oh, them all as a band. <laughs> yeah, like, And it's just like, why doesn't that comic exist? Yeah, I want like- Teen <laughs> Titans, the, the rock that, group.
2: That should have been Teen Titans Earth 1.
0: Yeah, totally. Right there. Although that was Absolutely. Good. <laughs> um, Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, New Frontier is a great place to start if you want to uh, read not just great DC comics, but also just uh, the height like of how great general, yeah. Darwin mm. Cook can
2: be. Um, do you want to, should we move on to uh, his Parker series? Mm. Are, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any time a new Parker adaptation was released, that tended to be the highlight of the comic book year for me. Yeah, It was automatically at the top of my reading pile, and I would just sit there read it and then get back into it and then look at it mm. you know um, it's I, I never even I think I've never even really heard of Richard Stark before yeah. that although I'd seen films and not uh, kind of made the connection yeah, avoid
0: all the recent films based on his yeah
2: work.
1: like the Jason Statham Parker yeah, yeah. adaptation yeah, that, do that, that, yeah I, I, I don't know that <laughs> I didn't even see
2: that awful but um, anytime yeah uh, th- which is why you know when um, IDW announced a new one um, I was very excited, but I don't know where that is right now, whether that has yeah. been finished or... Yeah,
0: so far there's four. There's The Outfit, The Hunter, The Score and Slayground, and they're all just masterful pieces of crime fiction. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a joy to look at, joy to read. And, he um, understands
1: um, and the noir genre so, so inside out and his own personal sort of aesthetic and style suits it just Brilliantly, it,
2: It's almost... I mean, the, the comics are, are ridiculously cool. Mm, no, so no yeah. A lot. Definitely. Yeah. You just sit there and you read it and you go, yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no. me hate women. Yeah, It's like, you know, Frank Miller's in City. See ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, obviously, like, Parker is quite a despicable character, but he, he, he's painted with... You kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing. Well, yeah,
2: he's a despicable character, but he knows he's despicable, yeah. um, which you know that said, okay. might not make him <laughs> any, it might not make him an, an any better person, but at the, you know he's not lying to himself no
1: and they're very compelling, really mm-hmm. great books and we've we like i mean I have gifted yeah I was going that that to people um who have absolutely no interest in comic books and no you know don't aren't interested at all and think they're silly yeah. and for children and they've loved that and
0: all Darwin Cook books like. make great gifts, but especially the Parker series. Definitely, again, yeah. and they and they even look like novels. You won't even be embarrassed to have them on your shelves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you
2: like his Spirit Run? You know what, his Spirit Run, um, I initially bought for the art again, um, thinking because I'm not a huge Spirit fan to begin so with. So
0: Spirit is a is a dating back to the 40s, is it? Created by yeah, Will Eisner,
2: Yeah, around the 40s, I think. Yep. Yeah, um, and you know one. Really bad Frank Miller directed film later. Yes, is there an- another movie to avoid. <laughs> yes, please don't. Um, the the spirit is a is a really long lasting great character, but I just kind of knew nothing about him, and then I heard Diamond Cook was going to be on it. Checked it out and stuck with it until I think he was on until about issue twelve or somewhere around there. And um, yeah, I, I I think again he he was shining um, doing that book but I probably would have enjoyed it more if I cared about the character more. Sure.
1: Is that still in print? Do you know? Absolutely, yeah. You can get the first two trades. Awesome, because I've never read it, and now I feel like I must.
0: Well, you should read it, if only to have a little bit of background on the character before you read um, Batman and the Spirit. Oh yeah. Mm, the crossover. The crossover yeah. by Jeff Loeb, a a decent Jeff Loeb, don't worry. Um <laughs> with Darwin Cook on art and, and I think he co wrote it as well. Yeah. And that's a really, really fun story.
1: Yeah, that sounds fun.
0: I love, you know, Batman meeting a character from someone else's world is always a is always a fun read.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Unless you're gonna do Batman Youngblood and then
0: no. <laughs> um so I talked a lot about the D C stuff, but um are you familiar with much of his Marvel stuff? Cause, uh
2: not a huge amount. I mean I've not always been a big Marvel reader. Right. Um, That's a rarity
0: in in Kings.
2: uh, Yeah, I guess it is. I kind of stick out here when it comes to, you know, being mainly a DC reader. Um, Although, you know, uh, I think he did a cover on... Was it Ecstatics?
0: Yeah, he, he, he actually wrote, um, drew a whole issue of X-Force yeah, before uh, featuring the Ecstatics yep. team. And that, that kind Pete of got me again.
2: interested into a little bit into that as well. But then again, it was also uh, Mike Allred, who, who I really love. Yeah, so,
0: well, and I think they were very close, those mm. two. Um, and, and, and his his styles, especially on that X-Force run, he did a very good version of Mike Allred's uh, art with his own spin on it. Um, he also did, speaking of Ecstatics, an um, amazing two-issue run um, of Wolverine and Dupe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dupe is uh, one of the great unexplainable mutants, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he, especially when paired with Wolverine, there was that fantastic uh, um, issue of uh, Wolverine and the X Men drawn by Mike Allred He's with Jason like Aaron. Uh, but Slimer, yeah,
2: Slimer's half brother, exactly from Ghostbusters, but
0: way darker. <laughs> and uh, this is about them on an, like you know it's trying to solve a crime ar- around the globe, um, and uh, just incredible. His 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 version of, of Wolverine is is just so great. Yeah. Um, and he also did um, two issues of a Spider-Man series called Spider-Man's Tangled Little Web. Um, and we recently reviewed a, um, an issue of a Marvel comic where they, they told a Valentine's Day story oh, yeah. featuring Spider-Man. But Darwin Cook wrote and drew one. Uh, this is like in like, the late 90s, which is excellent as
2: well. <laughs> the so, Web was to- actually really, really good. Um, probably one of the best uh, yeah. Spider-Man books. All one shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All one shots and all really, really cool stories on sometimes really obscure characters.
1: You know, it's such, a, it's such a shame sort of um, on a purely selfish level knowing that we'll never get any more Darwin Cookbooks because there's so many genres that I would have loved to see him, you know, throw his, you know, like, have a shot at. Like, I mean, I know romance comics aren't really a thing anymore, but he has such a good sort of... Um, classic comic, Silver age influence style that I would have loved to see him do. Some uh, uh, silly romance I comics. would have loved
2: to have seen Darwin on Conan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just... Yes, just so. Even if it just as a one-shot, I would have loved to have seen what he would do with that. Or know? even a character that I don't care about, like him on The Phantom, I would probably read too. I'd probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, he, he kind of did the covers for that uh, King collection. Yeah. The, oh, great. Awesome. Um, the recent uh, series. I didn't realise that.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. us well, close get um, close. All right, so... We've spoken about a few of his DC things, but we haven't brought up Catwoman. I
2: was going to say.
0: Because uh, that's his, his uh, re, redo of Catwoman, which is t- early 2000s, yeah, with, with uh, Ed Brubaker. Brubaker. They're still using that style for, yep. for what she looks like it's now. It's the
1: most perfect design of Catwoman. But he, he, he
0: cut her hair short, gave her some cool goggles.
1: Yep. He
2: basically anti jim Ballanted her. <laughs> um, you know, the the bright purple leotard and the the sexy boobs. Oh, so sexy and <laughs> constantly lower back pain and whatnot. <laughs> but um when he um did that run with uh Brubaker, he, she wasn't just this anti, you know, hero or just this, you know, opposite of uh Batman. She was fully fleshed out. Yeah. And she had a personality and...
1: And a history and... Yeah,
2: you started caring so much about her.
1: Yeah. And I can't believe I haven't even mentioned one of my most enduring comic book crushes. He brought Slam Bradley. Slam Bradley. Yep. Just <laughs> one of... Like, I reread... Because I hadn't read um, New Frontier in a while and I was like, fuck, I forgot Slam Bradley was in your romance this. comics right there. Yeah. And in
2: between... You know, Selina and Slam. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. One of the like sweetest, most lovely romances in comics. Yeah, absolutely. And so
0: Slam, Slam Bradley was in the first issue of Detective Comics before Batman was even in it, right? Yes, so he's, that's the, right. he's the detective featured in there, and in, and he wasn't seen for a long time. And Darwin brought him back for uh, uh, not only the, his work with Ed Brubaker, but he also did a great story called Selina's Big Score. Yeah, that which was, which was is a prequel to, yeah, to yeah. the series. Yeah, which is really really fun too. Quite bleak for Darwin too, actually.
2: Mm. Yeah, but uh, still very exciting.
0: Yeah, really really good. Um, what about some uh, controversial DC stuff? Did you like his work on the what the before
2: Watchmen? I would liked Before Watchmen. Period. I know. Really? Calm yeah, down, No, nerds. I will. I will <laughs> arm wrestle you. Yeah, I, I liked a, it. Yeah. Like
1: there, not all of it was brilliant. There were a couple of missteps. Well, yeah. but I mean, how could you? How could you be mad at a Darwin Cook Miniman book? Yeah, totally. No, no, I or I mean, just Factor
2: Before Watchmen but, as a as as a thing. I mean, a lot of people were screaming saying you can't top Watchmen. That wasn't the point. Yeah. Of before Watchmen. We're and, not here to do something better.
1: And, like, again, it's not, it's, it's like, it doesn't make Watchmen not exist. If you like Watchmen as a standalone book and you just want to think that that exists in its own little universe, yeah. go for it. But it doesn't. It's part of a long history of comic books. Yeah, I guess. And it represents something different. The
0: big deal, the bigger, bigger part of the deal, though, was that, like, the original creators not, yeah. not, not having a say or any money from it, right?
1: Well, yeah, but they also gave up the rights. Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very story. complicated. Um, and there's a lot of obviously complicated issues in terms of creators not being paid appropriately. Go, but yeah. Alan Moore very publicly and like distanced himself and said, like, you do whatever you want. And then when they turned well, around, that, it did that, something That's Alan Moore's upset. whole
2: thing. I think he said, I, I've done what I've done. Yeah. I don't need to do anymore. But it's not his baby. It's yeah. not his, um, you know, they're not his characters. So DC's going to do what they want. Yeah. Um, and, final, and what no matter about. what
1: you think, some awesome stories did come out of it. We oh, got yeah. a full book of Darwin Cook art. Yeah. Which and I on And on that, that Alan there Moore
0: about. note, there's a great story emerging today from like a blog post that Gail Simone wrote years ago. And uh, at the end of it, um, there's a great little footnote about Alan Moore um, constantly receiving all of the output that DC was putting out like years after he'd finished there. And he wrote the little note saying, um, can you please stop sending me new DC books except New Frontier? You can keep sending me that. Yeah, <laughs> like, The man <band> has taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he wrote um, the Minutemen book. He wrote, wrote Andrew that, which is um, awesome to look at. And uh, it was a bit of a slow story, but still a really, really good story nonetheless. Yeah. But I thought the strongest thing that he did in that was he, he wrote... Um, the uh, Silk Specter book yeah. with Amanda Connor on art, and I thought I that mean, was perfect. that was far and away the best series to come mm. out of before and Watchmen for me. Yeah,
2: yeah same. Yeah, uh, outside of um the two Darwin cookbooks, I think um, the only other one that really stood out for me was uh, the Doc Manhattan. Yeah, that was good. One which you know took a little twist on the character, and I thought you know made made it a little bit cooler than he what was on with the J Lee art. I think... No, yeah. Jay Lee did... No, he was on Asimandia. Yes. Asimandia, asimand, 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 asimand I love asimand the art on that. Yeah, I think it was Adam
0: Hughes. Yeah, right. Um, cool. Um, and uh, uh, finally, uh, Twilight Children from last year came out through Vertigo, written by... Um, uh, which Hernandez? Jane- Gilbert-, Gilbert-, Gilbert Hernandez. Gilbert, yes. yeah, the one the one who actually does stuff outside of Love and Rockets. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, a very, very strange book made incredibly beautiful by by Darwin Cook's art. And actually, you make, make a lot more sense of the story the more you read it. And it's a joy to reread because of the art, for sure. I think,
2: yeah, it was one of those stories that kind of you had to read as a trade paperback. Um, But uh, it was completely unexpected for me. I, I, I heard nothing about it beforehand, and then all of a sudden, you know, Hernandez and, you know, Cook, and it's just like, I am all over this. Yep. For sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is a really brilliant series. I mean, I think that it's hard to compare any of his work. To DC New Frontier, especially because we clearly all have so many emotions about that book specifically. But Twilight Children is brilliant. I mean, a really brilliant piece of work. Like yeah. really, unbelievably beautiful art. Um, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm so I <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like all of uh, the Hernandez brothers' work. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and uh, as a writer, we, we we obviously talked about his um, uh, his. Silk Spectre, stuff that he, that he just wrote. He also wrote a really great... I've spoken about it on the podcast before. Um, Superman Confidential story all about uh, Kryptonite that was just drawn by Tim Sale. i forgotten
2: about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's,
0: that's really worth re- re- that revisiting to. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have that somewhere Yeah, I kind of got everything that he's ever done that I own out and spread it across my floor, <laughs> yeah. which my wife is probably coming home to tonight to now, and I apologise. Not really. Read them. <laughs> um, are we forgetting anything very important that, that's, that's close to
2: your heart about Darwin? I, I do remember he did a... Um I think a one-off in when DC did the solo. Oh man, I've oh, never yeah, read that series. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I, that went for like I think twelve issues, and it had some of my favourite um, people in there, and yeah. Donald Cook, Sergio, Argonos, et etc. So I'd pick up an issue here and there, but yeah, that I I, I want to go back and reread that. So what's yeah, that? They, is that about superheroes or is that about like the artists themselves? N- to to be to be frank, I oh,
1: I feel really I embarrassed remember. because um they re released the whole series it's a hardcover a couple of years ago and i bought that and it's on my shelf and i still haven't read it um (laughs) which i pulled off today like hoping to read it before i came in but i didn't get time but um i think i think it's sort of just it it reminds me of like the wednesday comics project that they did a couple of years ago where it was sort of newspaper sized short stories kind of an anthology format and i assume that it's a slightly similar thing but it's got you know Mike in it. Darwin Cook obviously and um, you said Sergio Aragon which made me go oh I'm really going to read that when <laughs> I get home love Sergio
0: awesome well look in any case anything with Darwin Cook's name on it is worth picking up even if it's just his cover work or, or, or a story he's written or especially something that he owned himself or wrote Andrew mm-hmm. um, and uh, like we said earlier I thoughts are with everyone close to him and everyone that was a fan of him as well and thanks so much to Jim for coming in and spreading the good word Thanks, you're Jim. entirely welcome <laughs> <laughs> um, cool we're going to uh, finish the episode up with a uh, little bit of uh, emails from from guests actually Jim you can, you can stick around and help yeah, us with yeah, this yeah actually yeah, I'm down for that <laughs> so we've got two emails this week uh, the first of which comes from uh, a friend and fellow p- podcaster Alexei Toliopoulos who is a uh, one of the hosts of um, the Blank Slate movie podcast um, I'll read this to you now. He—he—it's uh, it's a, it's a long one, but I'll—I'll I'll, cut—I'll cut to the chase. He says, "You guys have brought so many new, exciting, and interesting comics to my attention, so I look to you guys for guidance." As an Australian, I, ident- I identify strongly with the unique Australian voice in the arts, whether it be film, comedy, literature, music, or art. But I don't think I've ever read an Australian comic. I don't know where to start. Is there anything you can recommend, or other notable t- Aussies t- talent in comics to look out for?
1: Ginger Meggs. <laughs> I have. I actually have like
0: signed Ginger Meggs yeah. prints from when I was a kid. Ginger
1: was awesome like oh. when the original guy was still alive I can't remember his name
0: yeah well I mean I mean obviously Australia has lots of strip comics yeah that, that are, are still getting printed uh, I mean, today. they still
2: have the weekly Phantoms uh, yeah uh, they come out but the phantom um, will never
1: end never
2: ever. But, uh, um,
1: I feel I feel quite embarrassed because I don't I don't really read that many Australian comics and in fairness there's not a huge industry but I could definitely personally be doing more to support it. Yeah, so um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I would want to recommend uh, two off the top of my head. Um, the first is was put out by Top Shelf a few years ago. It's by Pat Grant, written and drawn by Pat Grant. And it's called Blue. Um, I heard oh, amazing I things Blue. about yeah. that. Blue. Is a really really um, sweet and quite dark. Book, but quite light to read. Um, it's a it's a kind of a, it's about a, a small surfing town of Australia, and um, it's kind of about immigration, but it's told using the metaphor of aliens coming to coming to this small town and and that, what the locals how they react, mm. um, and it's told from the point of view of some young kids, um, and it's a really really amazing book. Um, through Top Shelf, you can still get that. You might even be able to get it here, I think. Um, and then uh, there's another there's a Melbourne based um, Production company called Milk Shadow Books, and uh, they put out tons of great comics. And my favorite one is that by then is by uh, an art, writer and artist called Ben Hutchings, who's done stacks of great stuff. And he did one called Walking to Japan, which is a mostly silent comic about a guy who just one day decides to leave his house. He's really small and um, he leaves his house. We uh, he's regular size, but as he walks closer to Japan he gets bigger and bigger and okay. so he, he becomes this massive giant walking through the waves to Japan. Oh, the and Japanese so- are used to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we talked about uh, Kaiju Max earlier. Maybe he could fit right in there. But yeah, a lot, everything milk, milkshadowbooks.com is a, is a great place to, to check out. Um, and then, obviously, we've got stacks of creators that are Australian that we love. I mean, yeah. we've, we've spoken about Nicola Scott pretty much every episode. She's an incredible artist. Yeah. Um, ben Templesmith is another amazing Australian artist that has uh, many works published in America.
1: Um, Ashley
2: Wood. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Ashley um, Wood. Yeah, his Marvel runs on on books and his own creator and stuff has been great. Um, I think Image Comics reprinted Platinum Grit a yeah. few oh, years yeah, back. Oh, you were talking about that. Which I loved um, when it was coming out and... Was you know really surprised when Image Comics decided, hey, we're going to reprint the whole thing as a trade paperback.
0: Yeah, well awesome. worth picking up. Um, we, we, we'll keep on this whenever there's a notable Australian work coming out. Or, yeah, and
1: if there's something um, that you think that we should know about in Australian comics, let us know because we're, we're always down to read a few more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. We've got a second email, um, and this one is maybe a bit more more a bit easier for us to answer. This one is from um, Callum. And he says, Hello, can you please provide a little counter-programming in the wake of Batman vs. Superman and the latest Captain America film by recommending some of the best comics about friendships in comics? Yay! Doreen and Nancy's friendship is one of my favourite things in The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and I will definitely like more things without superheroes punching each
2: other. Thanks, oh, Callum. Oh, if you haven't read Stranges, uh, Strangers in Paradise. Oh, true. That's, you know, that's... Moore. Yeah, Terry Moore. That has... I mean, the entire series was about friendships and the, the hardships. Um, that can sometimes come with really close uh, personal friends. That has been, you know, that's one of the most outstanding books I've ever read.
0: Um, I will, I will echo that by saying uh, "Love and Rockets," the yes. uh, stuff by Jamie Hernandez, which is the uh, what do they call it? Uh, what's, what's his one's called? About the punk rock? Uh, it's got a name. Like it's oh. evading me right now. Locus. 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 Um, uh, and that that features on two girls, Hopi and. The other one, <laughs> um, but it basically um, love and rockets is incredible in that it it is a real time comic. It started in the eighties, and those comic those all the characters in that book have aged in the same way that we would have if we were created in the eighties. So they're they're still writing that comic now, and the the, the characters are well into their forties by now. So uh, yeah, it's an incredible run, and it's all about. Uh, Falling in and out of friendship, and with with the people that you were friends with when you were, while you were young, how they came to be friends, all that kind of thing. It's an incredible, mm. incredible comic. I couldn't not not. I mean, Love and Rockets in general is amazing, but especially the Locust stuff is is unbelievable.
1: Also, um, like in a similar sort of vein in terms of classic, legacy, massively important comics, Sailor Moon. Uh Um, Which is, I mean, I think a lot of the... Stop looking at me like that, Jim. Um, I think a lot of the enduring... Like, the reason that this series was so popular and the enduring love and affection that people have for it is because it really is, at its core, a series about friendship and real, genuine female friendships, not based in jealousy, not based in, you know, competition. No one's competing for each other's boyfriends or anything like that. It's this real, genuine friendship, and each of them have skills and benefits that they bring to the table and they love and appreciate each other with you know full acceptance and I've, I've reread the whole series recently and enjoyed it just as much as I loved watching the series when I was little I think it really holds up and there's a reason it's such a classic of the sort of magical girl genre and I really I do recommend checking it out
0: yep. Um. some more obvious ones obviously you've got uh, Matt Murdoch and Foggy Nelson huh. very important friendship I would say the most important friendship in the Batman universe is the one between Batman and Commissioner Gordon um, especially uh, uh, in the Greg Rucker run um, mm. towards the end of uh, what's the the big story that he start, he kicked off with where, where they're they're stuck on uh, Gotham um, and there's all the gangs within Gotham Oh, or, um,
2: was that war games uh,
0: it was uh, before war games you know it's uh, the the most no famous Man? No Man's Land, Man's Land. Man's yeah Man. the end of that the crux of that book where, where Batman returns and they have like there's an issue all about their conversation together just the two of them it's one of my favourite Batman oh, issues of all time and
2: hopefully no spoilers here is that the, the Bit with the mask, yeah. Yes. So,
0: I mean, it's not really a massive spoiler, but but, but Batman is going to reveal himself to, to Commissioner Gordon, and Commissioner Wait. Gordon insists that he doesn't because the important you know, it, it's oh, not important to him, knows. he already <laughs> knows, <laughs> He's but, a detective. But, but it's like you know, that, that's not why he need. that's not why he needs but he doesn't need to know his identity. Hmm. I, I thought that was really cool.
1: Another awesome superhero, like the the number one superhero friendship of all time has to see. be, can you guess. Blue I'm and obsessed. Gold? yeah, Booster Gold and gold. Blue Beetle oh, perfect. Um, in Ted court, Justice League International. There's like, there's like yes. four Blue Beetles now. Only one Booster Gold. Why is there no more Booster Golds? <laughs> Come on, well, guys. We only need one Booster Gold. <laughs> um, yeah, true. But so the friendship that developed in Justice League International between Booster Gold and Blue Beetle is one of the most sort of fun... Joyous, genuine friendships, and the sort of when you know everything sort of comes apart in the OMAC project and Ted Cord is killed and all that sort of stuff. You really, if you've read the Justice League International stuff, you feel the genuine impact of that friendship, and Cause you, it's really if, devastating. Well,
2: that's the thing if you read any blue and gold over the years, you'd realize that these guys are not in it. Um, Just to save the world They just really enjoy it They just love being superheroes Yeah, they they take, you know, they take life uh, not that seriously Yeah And really enjoy seeing Guy Gardner getting punched out (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know, go out and save the world because they can
1: And then go and pick up chicks at the pool What do you want? (laughs) It was always
2: The (laughs) end, a really good end to a superhero day
1: I always used to say that um, Ted Cord was like my ultimate superhero crush this makes me sound like really, really sad. I've already talked about how much I love Slam Bradley, yeah, but um, because he's like he's he's like Batman, but with a sense of humor. He's like a rich <laughs> playboy who can just you know spend all this money on all this ridiculous tech, and he's super intelligent.
2: Yeah, he's like genius level intelligent. but
1: he's also like I'm gonna show up in a big beetle and I'm <laughs> punch you, and then we're gonna say some jokes, and it's the best.
0: Um, I also love that um, every single female character in the Marvel universe is friends.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just buds. Then,
0: like they, like you know, when they're not fighting, they're just having, having drinks after work. <laughs> <Just
1: hanging out. laughs> yeah, I feel um, like that's something that um I really love about comics is I'm sure I've spoken about this before, but like in things like Teen Titans and stuff, when you would have them going out for a drink or going shopping, and uh, in the early X Men stuff as well, like all the girls going yep. shopping together and stuff. But I really enjoy that, and I think more yeah, more friends.
2: What happened to the days of Jubilee taking Wolverine shopping? Yeah, I mean, they the- actually did an issue of that recently. Did they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was excellent.
0: Um, uh, and finally, uh, the best comic book friendship of all time. I can't believe you brought it up. You didn't bring it up. Archie oh and Jughead.
1: Yes. And Betty and Veronica. And Betty and Jughead. There's yeah. a lot of great okay. friendships there. Yeah, sure. And Betty they, and Veronica. They currently
0: hate each other in, in, in the new canon, but. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but, you know, like I <laughs> that, think that yeah. the
1: Betty and Veronica friendship is potentially the one I find, um, more compelling because they somehow manage to remain, best friends while being in direct competition with each other and while representing sort of opposite ends of the female spectrum. Um, and I I really I really enjoy their friendship. I think that it has moments of real poignancy. I, I personally, I mean, poignancy. I,
2: the only Archie I've really ever read is Afterlife with Archie. <laughs> um, which, mm. you know, the, I never really got into the character but I've never been able to understand. I mean, Betty and Veronica are just these great great iconic characters. Yeah. And like you said, Friends to the end. Yeah. And they're both interested in a guy who's dating other women.
1: Yeah, and he's like the world's biggest schmuck. Yeah, he
2: is. He, he, he's going out and dating other girls and then kind of stringing them along every yeah. so often. And, and, he doesn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the whole thing is that Archie's just <laughs> he's too oblivious to everything. Um, but yeah, definitely the Jughead and Archie comic has got to be... Uh, friendship has got to be one of the, the yeah. ultimate... Like, I mean, me and my uh, best friend see ourselves very much as an Archie and Jughead sort of duo...
0: Well, we're actually getting a Betty and Veronica comic coming out very soon by Adam Hughes which is super exciting Yeah,
1: I'm very excited about um, that and we we'll
2: you know, just hope it ha- it comes out you know more than once every few months oh, God, I know yeah. isn't that the
1: disappointing thing every time I was like oh my God Adam Hughes that's huge like yeah. that's so exciting and then every single person I've said that to has been he like pr- well uh, you know look forward to seeing an issue every six it's, months it's okay
2: he probably started drawing it last year so we'll, <laughs> we'll, so we'll we we get two get issues some, yeah, at least two issues out before but it's cancelled. Archie in general haven't
0: been good at sticking to uh to having no, regular they release, haven't. So they I, I mean afterlife with Archie is like a annual comic these days and Sabrina finally comes back next week yeah I know super exciting a couple
1: of others that I just wanted to put in quickly as friendships friendships. Um, I'm a big fan of Faith Erin Hicks she mostly does sort of young adult comics um, that you know my younger sister loves but i find a lot of value in it as well um she did this one called friends with boys which is semi-autobiographical about her experience growing up um going from being homeschooled with four brothers to then um going to mainstream school and the sort of experience of learning how to make friends outside of your family and you know accepting your own weirdness Um, and she also did another brilliant one recently which just came out which if you're a big fan of Avatar The Last Airbender I would really highly recommend called Nameless City Um, it's the first volume in a three um, sort of trilogy and that has a really really lovely friendship developing in it as well from a sort of highborn man to a sort of streetwise um, street girl Whatever. Cool, pretty but much, also
2: excellent. Pretty much any time I see Faith Erin Hicks, we'll, we're, we're going to stock it. Yeah, no matter pick what. pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she does great stuff. Yeah, she's brilliant. All right, okay, friend, could, could, friends,
0: lightning round.
1: Um, also, Power Man, Iron Fist. Yep, very good. Spider Man, Human Torch. Oh, incredible. Deadpool, uh, Cable,
2: Superman, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, oh, biggest important. bromance in comics. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely. We um, haven't had that many DC ones. Also, um, oh, oh, like I feel like there's that whole like subsection of friendships, like um, the like racist or slightly <laughs> inappropriate sidekick like Hal Jordan and Pie Face and <clears throat> Wonder Woman and Edda Candy and all those sort of like the yeah, fat sidekicks kind of questionable ones Who's on yeah. um, who's Plastic Man's best friend
0: Eel no wait to know sorry that's his name, no, sorry,
2: that's uh, a name. Oh, oh. Oh, oh I'm not sure but he's 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 somewhat morbidly obese Yeah isn't he, no, he's isn't like, like Porky Pie or something yeah. like that <laughs> 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 it's
1: something like that something that means fat guy Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. also, also Hal Jordan
2: and Nobody yeah, hell Jordan yes.
1: nobody. No one likes no you, Hal. <laughs> um Lumberjanes as well. Lumberjanes. Great example of Good friends. Well, we'll,
0: we'll do friendship updates every week uh, on serious issues to keep you posted on the greatest friendships in comics. If you want to get in touch with us and ask us a question like uh, Callum and Alexi did today, uh, you can find us online at slash serious issues podcast or send us an email to serious issues at kingscomics.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you like what you hear, leave us a nice review on iTunes Store so more people can tune in each week. Um, Siobhan can be found on Instagram as Siobhan at C B G and I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at Levdog, L-E-V-D-W-G. Jim, you
2: on Twitter and Instagram? Can we follow you? Jim's on
1: Adventures? Twitter. He used to be on Twitter. What's a
2: Twitter? <laughs> I, 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 I am, actually. I'm uh, the Batusi. The Batusi? Uh, Twitter. How, how do you spell that? Uh, T-H-E-B-A-T-U-S-I. It's like doing the Batusi. Oh, beautiful.
1: Jim's, so. very, Jim's very funny on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Jim. I appreciate it. No problem it. at all. Thank Go you. out and buy a Darwin Cook comic this weekend. You owe it to yourself and to Darwin. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Serious Issues. See you later.
2: Thanks, guys. <laughs>